Welcome back to This Is 30 Podcast with your host, Ash Turner. This podcast is all about helping you navigate your hot mess 30s. Each week, we'll bring you a podcast with our regular panelists, the gents and the ladies to come together to discuss all things impacting our 30s and making us hot messes. Let's just say there is nothing off the table here. This podcast is a safe place to learn, open your mind, understand different perspectives and journeys, and laugh a little at our stories and journeys. Life is a little messy at times, but you don't need to do it all alone. So let's get straight into this week's episode, which is a hashtag group chat. And welcome back to This Is 30 podcast, all about helping you navigate your hot mess 30s. And today I've got the top of the range hot messes for you, uh, where we're going to be talking about love languages and attachment styles. And I thought the girls were all prepared, but one of us was quickly doing a quiz on the side to figure out her attachment style. And by the guilty look, we all know that's Ellie. As an FYI, ladies, we are now going to be publishing these videos on Spotify. I have figured out Yes, Sean, you're welcome. I have figured out that you can do videos on Spotify so people can actually watch our stupid facial expressions and to see how tragic we all do, we look during our podcast as well because did not make effort today. No, did not because it is six degrees, people. We don't fucking do six degrees here, um, especially as ex- Darwin people. <laughs> so today's uh, podcast, we have Sean all the way in the hot, humid Darwin with lack of sleep because she has a baby that is one year old um, and not one week old, like Ellie thought earlier today. We have Ellie who's on her fifth cup of coffee in Brisbane <laughs> dying because, as I said, us yeah. Darwin girls don't do well with anything under 17 degrees. So welcome, Ellie. And then we have the beautiful Liv that it's pretty much probably 3 a.m. for her or whatever buddy's stupid time because she's a night owl all the way from South Africa. Welcome, ladies. You're in South Africa. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We just did big introductions before and we were talking. I just presumed you'd move to Australia. So awesome. What is the time there? It's quarter past one in the morning. Oh, girl, the commitment to the podcast. (laughs) You know what? She prefers this than the other spectrum of the time. She's like, no, I'd rather wait until 1 a.m. Like, you do you, boo, because there's no fucking way I would get out of bed for a podcast at 1 (laughs) a.m. Let's just say that. So we do appreciate Liv in particular for being here at 1 a.m., so commitment to her. The other ones, it's 9 a.m., so it's pretty slack for us over here. But... I am super excited for this one because I think we're all different and I'm really hoping that we're all different for this. We don't all have the same fucking story throughout it all. So we're going to be exploring love languages and attachment styles. And if you have no idea what that is, you're going to be learning this along the way. We'll give you some facts and insights and we'll pull it apart to what that all means for us. Um, We'll also touch base on our partners as well because all of these ladies do have a partner, so I will not be talking about that, um, about the love languages and their attachment styles potentially with their partners as well and how that's sort of shifted over the years and how it's not worked or it does work as well so you can get that sort of perspective. But first things first, 
I would love to know quickly your hot mess rating. So 10, you're an absolute fucking mess, like Harley Quinn style. One, you are chill like the Dalai Lama. None of us are that chill, so I know that's going to be fine. So, Sean, I'm going to pick on you first. What is your hot mess rating? Oh, probably like 13 because I, <laughs> I cried in the shower at about 2 a.m. because fireworks have been going off for a week and my dog has like PTSD. So it's not even my kid keeping me awake. It's my dog. And I just got so overwhelmed that I had to cry. But we're good now. <laughs> and we are good we have had our cry we are set <laughs> and ellie what about you hot mess rating i look i'm gonna really throw um as far as the works here i'm thinking like a two everything's chill like all gravy baby everything's going well all gravy baby is that what you just said yeah. <laughs> sorry i just had to <laughs> i had to process what you just said i was like i've never heard that out of ellie's mouth before i learned from a Darwin dude. What the fuck? Give him a smack. I've never heard that. I love it. Just how chill. It's all gravy. It's all smooth. And you know. And you know why she's so chill? It's because her partner's in bloody France and she knows she'd get some beautiful gift when he comes back or trying to smuggle a bloody croissant. But she's got her own space to just do girly things with no man in her presence as well. That's why. Literally, I like I put a thing up and I was like, so sad he's leaving me. Like, we'll get into attachment styles later. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. The next thing I put on Instagram was, oh, my God, Kardashians with no judgment. This is great. <laughs> don't you love that? The man's not there. Goodbye. Get out. And Liv, what about yourself, your hot mess rating? Seven. Seven? Seven. It's been, it's been a tiring week, so seven. Is there anything in particular that is pushing you to be a seven? just being tired like I think I'm running on empty a little bit so yeah because it's 1 a.m and you're doing a podcast FYI that's I've been busy and yeah yeah. (laughs) that's contributing to your tiredness just want to point that out for all the listeners right now 1 a.m guys um first things first we're going to get into love languages so I found um a great little thing so online if people don't know you can actually do some tests on um, the love languages to figure out what your style is, your partner's, as well as your children. I've actually made my son do this, which was fun um, to understand sort of his. So based on 10,000 people's uh, tests in 2010, and this is by the HuffPost.com, these was the percentage of love languages across those 10,000. So quality time was 20%. Physical touch was 19%, gifts was 18%, acts of service 20%, and words of affirmation 23%. In particular, one that surprised me probably the most was gifts. I did not expect that to be 18%. I thought that would be lower, but that's just probably me because I think that's my last sort of resort type of one. Um, So listening to that again, quality time, physical touch, gifts, acts of service and words of affirmation. We'll go around the room with you ladies and I want you to tell me what is your sort of number one and what would be your number five, your least with your love languages. So Sean, I'm going to pick on you first. Take us through your love languages. All right. Number one is quality time. Number five is gifts. 
Yes, that's what I thought. Do not buy <laughs> Shan anything. She does not like it. I've learned this the hard way. And has for you in particular, Shan, has that changed over the years for you? Or has it always been consistent? Um, yeah, I think in my early 20s I thought it was gifts. Um, mm. But then, like, touch is quite important for me as well. Mm. It's like that quality time and that connection. Um, I find if I don't have that touch, I feel a little bit, like, out of sorts. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think I've kind of grounded myself to know that I don't like gifts and I need to stop asking for <laughs> one thing because it just ends up in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. I think the only gift I got away with was this year, and I think that's because I sent her flowers and she was probably having an emotional week as well, so I got away with it. But usually I would get a, fuck you, how dare you, like, <laughs> if I sent her anything. So thank you, Sean, for accepting my flowers this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh ellie what about yourself what's your number one love language and your least favorite love language um i actually have two that come out on top they were they were tied so mine's words of affirmation and physical touch they're my two yeah. and my last is gifts as well and i'm exactly the same as sean um previous life i was i need gifts why are you not doing that whereas now it's more of that quality time comes a very close third it's all three combined and i think um i don't know if anyone else agrees but if i if my partner isn't touching me i actually know something's up like if he's not being physical in some way like walking past and touching you on the back or something like that it's you can tell very quickly something's up so yeah, men tend to be a lot more affectionate like that, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, and with your ones, have they changed over the years? I know gifts was probably more up yeah. there, but what about your other ones? Yeah, so um, acts of service is a very it, – it, that's how James, my current partner, shows um, his love. He does acts yeah. of service. He's um, yeah. incredible. And that's something I'd never, exper never experienced before, so it was almost quite weird to me um, – but gifts were obviously a big one. So, yeah, definitely mm -hmm. changed now. I'd much rather quality time than than physical gifts, whereas yeah. back in the day it was give me all the gifts and then fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we do not say no to a beautiful bag as well, guys, just an FYI. That's always yeah. acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome wine. I'm just hoping it brings wine back. Yeah, French wine, James. You better listen to this for that. Um, Liv, what about yourself? What's your top? love language and your bottom one so my top one is acts of service and then bottom one is gift acts of service and like my current partner as well I think it's just it's nice like you, you know when you get a cup of coffee in bed or he he runs the bath for you so I've learned that acts of service is how I get like my phone mm. almost so yeah. and gifts I'm, I'm just like Sean I'm like I can't I can't I feel awkward when you give me gifts it's stuff that I don't really want or need so that's like my least favorite love language mm -hmm. um I think it's changed for me because when I was younger it had it was words of affirmation I yeah. think because I was so inherently insecure and like not stable I needed constant validation so I constantly needed like words that you want to be with me I'm enough and if I wasn't getting words of affirmation almost hourly at times I, I like a panic almost so now it's changed to acts of service as opposed to validation. I think it's very similar to you, Liv. If you asked me probably 10 years ago, it would have been words of affirmation because that insecure sort of child self, you're like, I need to hear it, that's validation. But then 
well, I was going to say most of us have been in a sort of toxic or abusive relationship where the words are then manipulated and you don't trust words. So then that's really shifted for me to go, no, it's acts of service now. I need to fucking see it, but it has to line up with what you're sort of saying. So it's definitely shifted like that for me um, in particular. And as I said, the gifts, 18%, I was like, what? Because all of us here were just like, nah, gifts down the bottom. Um, I don't think I've actually met someone that has gifts as their sort of top one. Um, people, Ash. <laughs> I've never met any people that are like with that. So I'm like, hmm, you're just obviously not in my friendship circle, clearly. Um, but I would love to talk about your partners and stuff like that, like current and previous ones, like which ones um, they have, like their love languages, and if it's actually clashed for you over the years because you're speaking different sort of languages as such. Uh, Liv, I'm going to pick on you first. What's your sort of partner's one and has it clashed at times with previous relationships or current one? So previous relationships, it clashed because, like, my most recent ex, his was gifts. He oh, needed wow. prison wow. to feel loved and, like, to a point where he was asking for it, you know. So he needed constant, like, showering with gifts, money, stuff like that. And my, my current partner, his is touch. So, like, if you're affectionate with him, that's what he enjoys. And I find that's nice because with, with acts of service and now me coming out of, you know, accepting that I was abused and stuff like that and then accepting this new way of love it's it's kind of coming full circle and I'm healing in a way I didn't think I could but mm -hmm. yeah old partner needed gifts way better my budget but new partner it's just about quality time and affection mm, I love that what about yourself Sean um, I think my or Michael's definitely acts of service. He anticipates my needs before I've even thought of it. So he's a very, very, very thoughtful person. And um, I think for him returning that, yeah, like if I do something nice for him, I then get the words of affirmation because he's really grateful for it and he will speak to it. Um, previously, I don't even think I know what my ex's love language was because I was so self-involved and it's funny for someone who values quality time both of my partners like ex was military current works in the mines so I'm like do I <laughs> so it's a I want your time but in five minute blocks and then you can go away <laughs> that actually surprised me when you said yours was quality time because you also really value your own space as well for you so that's why I was like what quality Ty, what are you talking about? Like five minutes or like a whole day? When I venture out of the tower, make it worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> if you allow me to come out of my safe space, it better be worth my fucking time is what she's saying. Well yeah. done, Michael, for figuring that out. Well done. <laughs> Ellie, what about yourself? Um, I'm quite fortunate. My I had a beautiful ex-partner, um, but his his was quality time, but I think his definition of quality time was very different to mine. So he would be happy if we sat on the couch and I watched him play PlayStation, whereas my quality time is I wanted to go and work out or do an activity together. So I think um, that's probably why back in that relationship mine was gifts because that required him to think about something I would like um, and that never happened. So there was always a clash in that sense. But 
I think because quality time now is such a big one, I'm in the mines as well, Sean, so I'm away most of the week. Um, and James, it's it's an act of service, but it's also a, a gift thing. So every Friday, like, I don't know how I've had this guy, every Friday I walk in the door with fresh flowers. Like, and I I always used to associate flowers with a negative because for me, flowers were when somebody was trying to make up to me. And yeah. I told him that story once and his, his reaction was, I'm going to swap your perception of that. So that's a bit of a both type of thing. But, I love uh, that. Yeah. Um, but he he's also quality time. But the way I show my love is because I work away, I send him random gifts because he works from home. And it's not his love language, but God, he loves it. Like it actually gets an emotional reaction from him now. So I think um, he's probably changing as well. Yeah, I always see um, food. Yeah. <laughs> you always send him food. I'm yeah. losing it. So the other day we had a conversation about one of the best and worst things about being an adult is that you don't need an excuse to get a cake. Um, so I sent him, there's a company called The Cake Mail in Brisbane. They do same-day delivery of these ridiculously extravagant cakes. So I sent him one that day and I got home and there was none left. And, I mean, this thing was huge. Like, this was like a six-person cake. So... Yeah, but it wouldn't even impact him. He'd be like, no. "Yo, let's go to the gym now," and I would be asleep, feeling like a walrus for a week. Yeah, yeah. he's just ridiculous. He really pisses me off with his with his metabolism. <laughs> she, she does. Like she puts on her stories. Like I hate him. He's not putting on weight. I've been trying for two years to get him fat. <laughs> he doesn't. Literally. <laughs> so maybe your your acts or your gifts are sabotaging. Yes, <laughs> maybe. My acts of service to myself to feel skinny. Yeah. But it hasn't worked in two years. So good luck, Ellie. Good luck. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, my next sort of thing is around attachment styles in particular. So for people that are like, what the hell is an attachment style? We're about to blow your minds right now. I've personally had to read the book Attached um, by Dr. Admir Levine, um, Rachel Heller, I think about three times for me to really understand it. Because when I first read it, I was like, I'm not in a relationship. So this doesn't involve me kind of thing. And then I learned, I was like, no, actually, actually, it's a good way to self-reflect on how you've come across in relationships, what you are now, and which who you kind of want to be. So with the attachment styles, I'll just go through very quickly what they all mean before we go into the, I guess, the stats with it all. So there's four types of love attachment styles. Number one is anxious. So you have a tendency to come across very clingy and needy at times. You have a dismissive avoidance. So they come across quite detached or emotionally unavailable. You have a fearful avoidant. And they're more fearful of that emotional closeness and intimacy. And then you have secure. So they feel very secure and very connected, very grounded. So that gives you a quick insight to what that all means. So the stats with this one on WashingtonPost.com um, based on, it didn't actually tell me, so it's more like an estimate, I guess, around the world. So 50% of the population, they say, is secure. 20% are anxious, 25% are dismissive avoidance, and 5% are fearful avoidance. Very interesting that most of the population is secure. So I'm very impressed with everyone <laughs> for being secure because that's your goal, I guess, for um, people to have that. 
And what they also say is you tend to, those sort of toxic relationships tend to be an anxious and an avoidance because in those relationships, they're quite like steamy. You're like, wow, this is so cool. It's a roller coaster. And then it soon drips down into like hell. You're like, okay, this is not going to work. When they say when you're either an avoidant or you're an anxious and you start dating a secure, it feels a bit boring at the start because you're like, where's like the, you know, the chaos? Where's this roller coaster? But it's like a slow drip feed and you go, oh, is this? It's like when you're addicted to chaos and you've just been in them environments all the time, you think it's boredom. But really, it's like this is this is what a normal relationship should feel like. It's not that sort of roller coaster of emotions. And I know Liv is nodding her head as a, another sort of DV survivor. It's very interesting to get back into the dating game once you've been in that sort of chaotic environment. So hearing all that, I want us to go around the room like Alcoholic Anonymous and go, this is my name and this is my attachment style and explain to us what that sort of means to you and how it comes across. So Sean, I'm going to pick on you first. What is your attachment style? I was going to say you might have to skip me because my child is bashing shit on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Come back to me, I'll see if you're quiet. Liv, what is your attachment style? Well, now it is secure, but it took like 37 years to get to secure. Before this, it was anxious. Like I was just a hot mess, like 50 out of 10, you know. Um, so my attachment style up until I met Ryan was anxious. And then he, this relationship has kind of taught me to be secure. So now it's secure because I'm in a healthy relationship. But prior to this, it was just anxious. Mm. And now because you're secure, is that because Ryan was a secure type? Yes. So he's very, he's calm. He's got a calming effect on me. He's just, so he his attachment style is secure. Like he's not the jealous type. He doesn't feel the need to check my phone. He doesn't get upset if people are like commenting, liking. So he's very secure. He's, he's, he's often said he's secure in who he is. Mm-hmm. And he's secure in a relationship. If you go in to mess around on him, that's not his problem. He's going to trust you until you prove him wrong. But he comes across as, I'm secure. I'm secure in what we have. And he's taught me to be secure, mm-hmm. which, which is nice. Because like you said, coming from an abusive relationships and toxic relationships, I've always been anxious. Mm-hmm. So now to learn this at this stage of your life is, is, is interesting, but fun at the same time. We'll explore that a little bit more. I love that. Uh, Ellie, what about yourself? Yeah, I look, I was the one that was completely unprepared. So I haven't done a um, quiz for some years. I used to be anxious as well. Um, and like I said, I'm very lucky I haven't come from a toxic relationship. I had um, somebody who was very sweet, but the anxious came out of it that I felt like I was missing something and I didn't actually know how he felt about me even 10 years down the track. So um, I'm now secure, weird. Again, I know, strange. But like you mentioned, the um, the the anxious usually go for the, the toxic or the crazy or the exciting and they almost feel bored when you do find it secure. And James and I have actually had that discussion where I said, I think we're getting boring. He's like, no, we're just like actually in our relationship now. We're at the point now where we're comfortable. Um, 
So yeah, interesting you mentioned that. Definitely secure now, um, but I 100% attribute that to James being a very secure person. He is who he is and he will not apologise for it at all. Um, and it's something I had to learn for myself. So I think it's, yeah, kind of reflecting on who you are as a person and where you've been um, and then helping or getting help to kind of bring you up to that next level. So sorry, the boy, Ash, but I'm secure now which is weird. This is so boring, Ellie. Like, I love your personal growth, but not for my podcast material, okay? <laughs> and I had that little thing before James came along where it was just chaos and it was partying and it was drama and I completely was attracted to that. And I think that's why James and I did feel so boring quite soon in I'm like what is happening he's like we don't need to be fighting we don't need to be yeah. partying until 4 a.m and then you know having to have big discussions the next day because someone said something so I'm like ah oh, healthy relationship what what is this I don't know what you're talking about right now <laughs> uh, and like you said as well Liv, like the security with like I'm still very close with that person I've just kind of spoke about, the anxious, crazy side, um, he actually messaged me like two seconds ago and I'll probably meet him later and James is well aware he'll be there and his ability to not only allow me but he's become friends with them because he's like they were a big part of your life, there's nothing there anymore but I want to make sure that they're also part of my life. So, yeah, I don't know where he comes from. I couldn't do that. Who, he's like a unicorn, this man. I swear to God. Like, you have to, like, bring him in for, like, research purposes. He's... Mate, if we, if we break up, I'm going downhill quick and I'm going to be so <laughs> trash. Abort mission. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how quickly she becomes anxious again. <laughs> yeah. be like, yes, an experiment. Yeah, we love this. I'll wear a GoPro. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. And I'll, um... We'll, we'll come back to that as well. I want to explore some bits and pieces for that. And, Sean, if your child is not beating the shit out of something. <laughs> um, I don't know where I got my definitions from, but the one that I found, my attachment style was disorganised previously. So um, the way that I would explain it is hot and cold, so either really anxious, really clingy, and then just off the face of the earth, you're dead to me. Mm -hmm. Um so in some ways I think it was like manipulation that I'd learned through the silent treatment that I yeah. got a lot. And yeah. um yeah, like I think it would depend on how much Red Bull or like Panadine Ford I was on, what my night was like. Um yeah, I was pretty fucking chaotic previously. And I like I know we've spoken about my ex in a few of these podcasts and I'm like, oh, my gosh, maybe I was the dickhead also. <laughs> maybe I was the fire starter because I was so needy and I was super jealous. Like, in the group and, I don't know, the culture of military, like, you'd want to be hotter than all the other military girls because you wanted to be top dog and there'd just be all the drama and even thinking about fucking discovery between the dancers, the drama. Because That's why I was... you're a disco dancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we met. That's how I know you. You were a disco dancer. Uh, for those listening at home, Discovery, huge club, and Sean was one of the club dancers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah like it was just it was just how insecure that I was and then yeah just it was always surprising how quick I could drop everything and I think that was my, my fight or flight 
is that if I could summarise an attachment style, it's fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> so now I am definitely more secure. I think when I met Michael, he was probably a little bit anxious as well because I'm kind of his first girlfriend and that's a big project to take on. Especially so, you. God, he needs a bloody medal. He sure does. So, you know, he met me when I was at my most chaotic and then I just numbed everything out. Oh, my gosh, child, you're fine. Uh, a secure attachment style over here with my child. But um, we've grown together and, like, he is the least jealous person. He is so trusting and even when I fucked up, he still learned to trust again or just continued on and... Um, yeah, like, again, with the whole, when I met him, it was the I only date lions and he's a lamb because he was, <laughs> he's too nice, he's gentle, he's a soft, like, yeah, I nearly overlooked him completely because I was so stuck in this cycle of chaos and thinking alpha male was it, and then when I turned into the alpha female, I just, yeah, this guy never almost didn't have a chance because I was just so wrapped up. You, but like, so many go through that. Like so many women can relate to that though because you could have – I was literally out uh, last night um, and I was talking with some ladies about that and you're like, I could have fucking my future husband sitting right in front of me but I would probably not even see it just in my headspace at the moment. But most women are like that. You could have the love of your life right there but because they don't meet a couple of bits of your criteria or they have to be more alpha, you just like – completely wipe them off the fucking sort of table as an option. So I love that. Jimmy almost didn't make the cut because of that exact reason. Take us through that. Tell us how that worked. I was seeing the alpha from Darwin, who I reconnected with in Brisbane. Yeah. When I said the alpha, he was the Waratahs football captain. He was like the cream of the crop at Darwin High wouldn't look at me in high school. And then when I came here, we reconnected and started hanging out a fair bit. And when I, by hanging out, I mean like six months of like five times a week I was staying there. So it wasn't until I went, this is going to go nowhere, got on the dating apps and met James that this alpha turned around and went, hang on, I thought we were a thing, what's going on when I'd been a, in the unknown for, say, six months? And, of course, when the alpha steps up and he's still treating you mean and keeping you keen and then you've got this beautiful guy who you've met who's sweet and gorgeous but you've got that you want what you can't have kind of shit, I literally had to make a decision on which way I went and I'm so fucking grateful I went left, not right. Um, but, yeah, the alpha male there, I mean, James is such an alpha in his own way but he's a yeah. sweet alpha whereas the other guy can be a dick alpha. It's more the toxic masculinity alpha he was. Very much. Zero emotional intelligence. The the emotional intelligence of a brick. But I now... (laughs) Of a brick. Let's just comment that one again. Emotional intelligence of a brick. Continue. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. But watching them both interact in a group setting, there's been a shift of power and the group, like navigates towards James from an alpha perspective over this other one and I've just seen that being a dick back in the day when we were in our early 20s teenagers that's what you went for women now and even men want to have relationships with people who have got that more emotional intelligence but still have that aura about them that's more masculine so 
Sean, were you trying to work out who it was? I saw your head, like I saw you were doing like a, yeah, have you worked it out at all? Okay, cool, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I was working it out because I was like, fuck, did this bloke go to the same high school as me? That's why I was just going, Went to Darwin, so. Yeah. See, fucking memory loss, guys. Like, <laughs> people went to the same school. I'll, I'll message you both afterwards and you'll be like, oh. I know who it is. I just yeah, didn't you realize do. he went to my school. That's why I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. How rude is that? I think, can I just jump in? Um, I think with how my attachment style has changed, it's also like the, the balance of power. So Michael has let me grow into who I am, whereas in the previous relationship I had, I feel like I had to fight for my space and my recognition and all of those things. So when I'm no longer having to try and fight the alpha for permission to exist and just coexisting with this beautiful human being, it's that balance of power. And suddenly the alpha, alpha hunt meat start fire attitude is no longer appealing to me it's you know let's like grow some crops and look after the village that is way more appealing so it definitely changes your attraction that's what we've sort of discussed on previous podcasts how you do go for that who beats their chest and then even me just out last night looking with all these sort of rugby sort of players and everything like that and there's ashley that knew no one because i don't watch rugby guys so talking to all these rugby people they're like my name's this and i play for this and i'm like yeah what's that <laughs> dickhead sorry ladies you're a rugby player you know i felt don't care but i was just like did not see the attraction in them at all but then you have this bunch of girls i could see that are like throffing in the corner because they're beating their chest and i'm like what do you find appealing? But it makes sense because when you're in your early 20s, that's what you find appealing. But when you get into your late, you go through that stage, you're out the other side, you're like, are you fucking serious? Like, learn from me. Do not abort mission. Like, it's not good. <laughs> but they will not learn. So they had fun with that while I was sitting there going, ew, but are you seeing them? Uh, Liv, what about yourself? Did you want to jump on the bandwagon with changes in sort of with your partners, with love, um, sort of attachment styles, attraction, all that sort of stuff? Well, similar to what the other ladies were saying, like when you're in your 20s, you, I, I was like attracted to the chaos. I think yeah. coming from where I was in my background, I found almost comfort in the chaos. So yes. like if you were ignoring me, that, that was acceptable. If you were treating me badly, that was acceptable. That that was, it felt healthy to me. It felt familiar to me. So then when you do meet someone who's not like that, you do kind of sit there and go, that something is a little off. And I think it was Ryan. I met Ryan in July, and I was actually joking with him earlier, and I'm like, it's almost four years to the day we met. And it took him like a month and a half of just constantly trying. But he was consistent. And I, at first, I didn't like it. I'm like, you're coming on too strong. You were a bit too nice. I was very distrusted. I'm like, why are you so nice? Like, I, oh, so nice. I want the person that ghosts me. And then I've got to like, please talk to me. Please give me attention. I wanted that. I wanted the constant. We're screaming at each other at like three o'clock in the morning. And then we're making up and then we're fighting. So it's 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 been a nice journey to kind of calm down. Because when you're like living your life up here and it's constant anxiousness and you're constantly you constantly cry and you constantly feeling all the emotions in one day to kind of just 
you were right when, when Ella said that it's this kind of lull at the bottom. And you're like, I don't know if our relationship is just stagnant. And many times I've asked him, do you think I'm boring? Do you think this is boring? Do you think we need to spice it up? Because I think I'm not used to that just calm water. Yes. yes. But as I'm like going into forties, like my forties almost, I'm like, yeah, I've, I've, I've had my fun. I've had all of this like drama and lessons. And now it's just... I'm ready for the just still waters. Sorry, how old are you? 38. What? Your skin is incredible. next week. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, can yeah. you tell I'm really attentive? You're, you are so youthful. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. You need Thank to you. tell us what bloody products you're using. Shit. Well, now I can't. I, I, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I can't drink coffee, which is like you don't drink. Oh, no, I'll, I'll age. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> Something that I wanted to ask you, ladies, was I want you to tell me what you think my attachment style is because you all know me quite well. Uh, Sean sitting there judging, like hmm, I already know, bitch. I've already assessed you. Um, I would like you guys to tell me what you think I am. I know what I am, and it's definitely changed over the years, but love to get your opinion. So, Ellie, you go first with your little HR fucking hat on over there. You have to be avoidant, right? Mm. Yeah, you have to be. You're you at at where you are right now. I don't know, like I don't know how you were back, you know, pre Nate days, and you know, back with uh, AJ boy. Um, but dismissive. Uh, you you were dismissive. So I think at the moment you're completely avoidant and distrustful because you're still going through it as you've been very open about your own healing process and growing process. So it's my thought process. Love it, Sean. What about yourself? I was just wondering, do you even have an attachment style? Like, <laughs> so far out there, like, fuck you all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, like, over here on my little island. I'm attached to nothing. <laughs> your butt house. Yeah. Literally. I feel attacked, but it's very accurate. <laughs> Thank you for that. Sham, <laughs> uh, what do you think my attachment style was previously like not now but in those sort of toxic relationships and stuff because you're probably the one that saw me in that what do you think it was back then look on the surface was pro like yeah I think it was it was definitely there was anxiousness there whether you go into the dismissive mode um I don't know because if you were getting attacked or con constantly chased after it's kind of hard to run away but um yeah, I think there would have been that anxiousness because you valued so much of old mate's opinion. Mm -hmm. I completely valued his opinion over everyone else's. It was a, you know, um, fun time. Um, but, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with anxious. Mm -hmm. And Liv, what about yourself? So I'm going to say back then anxious as well mm -hmm. and I'm going to agree with Ella um my opinion is that right now it's avoidant completely avoidant like avoiding the topic altogether <laughs> very very correct um do you think I'm a dismissive or a fearful avoidant ladies yeah you're both <laughs> I think you would be genuinely scared if you met somebody who you could cease a, a, a future no, with. I'd have a meltdown. Yep, yeah. but you dismiss anyone who doesn't meet all your requirements, which is a good thing. So I think you're both. 
Yeah, 100%. I am emotionally detached and unavailable, <laughs> and I am fearful of intimacy and closeness. Correct. Well done, ladies. And it's, um, yeah, I thought I was definitely really anxious during that, but then before that with the AJ one, I was very secure because yeah. I was always that constant grounding sort of thing, and then you go into that toxic relationship and you just get fucking pokes left, right, and center and twisted around. You don't know who you are. And now I'm definitely – so I've been all threes, and that's sad. Wow. That's a life journey for you. Um, you're secure. You know that you've, like, hit the jackpot. You've done all four. Oh, no, yeah. you, you've already done secure. My bad. I've what's, what's done one? that, but I've never dated. If you think about – if you'll reflect on, like, your previous relationships, I've never dated a secure. They've always been anxious. Because they were always very um, needy and clingy of, like, my time and attention and stuff like that. Um, they would try to pretend they'd come across as that dismissive type, but they weren't like that behind the scenes. They were very, like, in my face um, for whatever reason. Um, but what I would love now is this is your turn. Like, you've got, you've got the power. You get to ask anyone a question or a group question because everyone breaks the fucking rules anyway of picking, not picking one person. So who was first for a question? That's just cut out for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Ash, yeah. That's the bourbon internet of yours. <laughs> I reckon Nate's on bloody YouTube. Thanks, Nate. Um. Does anyone have a question for a particular person or a group question? Well, okay, just a, like a group question. If you, yeah. Ashley is very comfortable saying, like, I'm an avoidant trust and I'm, I'm scared to get into it. If the other, if the other ladies, if you haven't met the partners you're with now, what do you think your views on attachment would have been? Mm, I like that. Um, I was with, I was in a relationship for 11 years, which now reflecting back on it, I wasn't able to, I wasn't fully myself and I wasn't, I guess, fully comfortable. And then the person who I was seeing straight after him was polar opposite in terms of being the alpha jock. Um, and I was very insecure for different ways in both of those relationships slash situationships. Um, so I think if I hadn't met my current partner, my... I come across very confident and look, I am in many ways, but I am also when it comes to looks and body image can be really insecure. So I think I almost would have had a decreasing view of myself um, if I hadn't met my current one. So I probably would have gone further into that anxious fear of abandonment, wanting all that attention and attachment if I hadn't met James. Sean? If I hadn't met Michael, I'd probably join you on your island there, Ash. Um, <laughs> not in the way of avoiding everything. It would just be I'm just me and my self-contained, like, being. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was more annoyed when I'm like, oh, another relationship. How do I always end up in them? Like, I have always had long-term relationships and it drives everyone mad because they're like you don't even like you don't even want to be with people half the time I'm like I know I know so if I I'd probably still be a little bit chaotic however I was doing a lot of personal development anyway so I'd probably just be like a solitary being and happy with it 
I'm with you, Sean. And like, if if I find myself single, and like Ash and I have had these big discussions that look, things aren't forever, and they things end and they hurt, but you will always be able to move on. And I've said to my best mate Carly, I said, look, if if James and I were to end one day, I would literally pack my shit up, move away, and just do a for once in my life, focus on myself for a while because I used to. Um, seek out attention in a way to feel like I would always be going out I'd always be busy I'd always be making sure I had people around me because that meant I didn't have to actually face what was going on in my head so yeah Sean I completely agree if I was to be single I'd probably be on my own island waving at Ash from my own island so she could still be alone see there is a positive about my island guys like there are positives you work your shit out there's nowhere to hide. That's a really good question, Liv. Thanks for that. Um, Ellie, do you have a question? I think this is the first time in my life I'm quiet. I don't. I've been trying to think of one, and I thought Liv was great. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We have that recording that Ellie did not have anything to say. Wow. I am shocked. Sean, I'll be even more shocked if you've got nothing to say as well. Do you have a question? All right. So going back to love languages for a minute. What's the weirdest gift you've been given by a partner or someone? Well, you have to share us yours first because you've obviously yeah. had a tragic gift. No, I think, I think the sentiment was nice, but um, a boyfriend bought me perfume that his mum wore because he liked the smell of it and I was just, like, creeped out completely. What? <laughs> It was like old lady perfume. It was like That's Elizabeth weird. Arden or something. Like it wasn't. Yeah. Mm, you smell like my mum. <laughs> yeah, no, that is weird. <laughs> Ellie, have you had any weird gifts? This is like kaleidoscope. That it's a kaleidoscope, <laughs> like one of those. Did James get you a kaleidoscope? Look, Look. again, nice sentiment. Weird gift. So it was. We have the. We have the adventure date book and the date was go to separate stores. You've got 15 minutes. You need to buy something that reminds you of that person. And look, really beautiful, but again, weird. And it sits on our fucking mantle in our living room because that's where he put it. Um, even though people might not see it, you're beautiful on the inside. And I was like, that's that's beautiful. But did you just call me a bitch as well? <laughs> He is so funny. Like, I would never have thought of that looking at it. I was sitting there going, what is the purpose of this color? Oh, actually, I've got the weirder one. He got me a um, molder dick. <laughs> was he, sorry, I'm just, was he trying to do, like, ghost? Like, were you trying to, like, do the ghost thing? Like, what? Like, Please. Like, the fact I do FIFO. He was like, here, have me with you at all times. I'm like, I'm not taking that with me, the site. <laughs> I fucking love him. <laughs> He's so funny. <sighs> the funniest thing was trying to get it to mold. It's the best couples activity you can do because you just piss yourself laughing the whole time. I can imagine the whole ghost scene, but except <laughs> it's not a pot, it's a, a penis instead, which is. Very interesting, James. Well done, mate. Well done. Liv, any weird gifts? 
I haven't. I don't know if it's tragic or not, but I have not received any weird gifts. I think I've always gotten the traditional teddy bears, flowers, um, mm-hmm. chocolate. So nothing weird. Although Ryan's cousin gave me tomato sauce for one of my birthdays. That that's the only what what yeah. say that again. Tomato sauce. So in South Africa, we've got this cute ad where um someone says thirty six, but it kind of like lists it off at the at the end. So when I turned 36, I kind of referenced it back to the all gold. So I got tomato sauce for my birthday. Tomato sauce. Is that like ketchup kind of thing? Is that what you Ketchup. Sorry. We, we, no, we, we call, call it, tomato. it tomato sauce. I was just trying to make okay. sure we're talking about the same yes, fucking ketchup. tomato sauce. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Well, I love that. And I have not, I don't think I've received any weird gifts. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, Sean. Just you wait. <laughs> just you wait. Revenge because I sent her flowers this year, guys. Oh, shit. Here we come. No, I've always um, destroyed my gifts and sent them back to them. If that Shana, works. You can send a bag of dicks, like an actual bag of, bag of exploding dicks. Yeah. I've done, done that for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a bloody molded dick and a bag of dicks for my birthday. Great. i and some tomatoes. I just like threw up in my mouth. Sorry. Okay. Well, that is a wrap up. That just went from love languages to molded dicks. Well done, ladies. I'm very proud of us for getting there with that one. Uh, but I do appreciate all of your time today. We will fucking end that episode right there. That is a wrap up of this week's episode with This Is 30 podcast. If you loved this podcast episode and you learned something from it, don't forget to rate and review because this helps us push up our podcasts up the ranks to help other hot messes out there. But also share this podcast episode on your social media and tag us in it because you never know who out of your friends and family that are following you need to hear this right now and are struggling with the same issues. So this may empower them and motivate them in some way. If you're not already following me on Instagram, which is so rude, by the way, you can follow me at thisis30 underscore podcast. And lastly, if there's any particular topics that you want us to discuss from the panelists and hear their perspectives, hit me up. I'm giving you permission to slide into my DMs. And I never say that. So you're welcome. You should feel lucky. That is it, Hot Messes. I will speak to you all next week.